Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thank you for you. Thanks for being here today. Really, I truly appreciate it. I know how much choice you have. I know that you can be doing a ton of other things and so many things pull on us. And I appreciate that you chose to be here with us. That you have chosen to invest in yourself. And that you've done me the honor of coming here today to see what I'm going to bring to you that's going to help up-level your life and help you live as a thriving entrepreneur. I've got a great guest for you today. We're going to be discussing the power of yes, the power of no, and how to be able to create boundaries. I'm so grateful for my guest today. She is so good at this. In fact, really, when we were recording it, I told her all I really just want to do is just set you up. I just want to ask you a question so you can just talk to the people because she's got a lot of really great stuff to share with you, both things that she teaches from stage as well as to her coaching clients, as well as in her international best-selling book. I'll be introducing our author and our special guest right after our first commercial break, of course, but I want to, as I always do, take a little bit of time with you here today. I really appreciate these minutes that we have before I bring the guest on to just really share my heart with you. To, first of all, let you know how important and special you are to me, but then do that thing that only I can do in this moment. There are others with great words for you, great messages, And I'm not in any way substituting or saying I'm better than them. But just simply in this moment, I have your ear. And I want to respect that time by opening my heart up to you and really sharing with you some things that I hope will help you thrive. You see, I love what I do. I've shared many times that You know, doing this show is really kind of like my guilty pleasure. Sometimes I have to remind myself that it's such an integral part of what we do. Um, And it's great to bring these guests in front of you. But I also really am honored to be able to pour into your life just a little bit as we do each of these shows. To help you up-level. To hear feedback of what the things have done for you. I've had some amazing guests on the show and and they've come back later and told me about people who heard them on the show and all of the fun comments that they've gotten. You know, the cool part about it is, and I'm sure, you know, I mean, everybody has naysayers, but the cool part about it is, is I don't really have people come to me and say, you know, so-and-so was listening to my show and they said blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I really appreciate 
each of the listeners and each of the people that their lives have been advanced because they have such a powerful message. And I bring them here to you so that you can be exposed to it and your life can be advanced too. It's a really great synergy between all of us, the authors that I bring to you, the special guests that I bring to you, and you and myself, sharing together, learning and growing, powerfully using this time, powerfully using choice to empower ourselves to live and to thrive in all that we do. I know how special you are. I want to make sure that if you've never heard it before, or that if you don't hear it enough, that right here, right now, today, you hear that you are so special. I think maybe you don't really give yourself credit for how amazing you are. Many of us, myself included, were taught a wrong perspective of humility. You know, we have to kind of diminish ourselves in order to be respectful to other people. Have you ever done that? It's one of the things I've discovered recently is is that way back when I was a very young person, uh, definitely in my young adult years, possibly even going back into my teens, is that in order to show respect and to be in a servant role to those that were placed in leadership, whether that be in companies or churches or different places that I was, in order to do the appropriate level of respect that I, that I believe they're due, what I did was diminish to myself rather than just respect them. I silenced my voice. I stopped looking in the mirror and seeing who I was. Not because there's anything necessarily in me, but because I'm the only Steve kid that there ever was and ever will be. And my responsibility is to show up as the best that I can be. And I wonder as I'm saying this, How many of you that are listening find yourself in that same place where you've tried to be humble and in so doing you've diminished yourself? You've tried to be in submission to those in leadership above you and you've silenced your voice. You haven't gotten the encouragement that you so deserve. And because of that, you have begun to tell yourself how much less than you are. You look in the mirror and you have a tirade of things that you say negative about yourself. But what do you say about you that's positive? And so when in this moment, I tell you you're amazing, it bounces off of you. You remember that old saying when we were kids? I'm rubber, your glue bounces off me and sticks to you. That was supposed to be powerful when it was coming to people insulting us. But I think often we got it backwards. We became the glue to all the insults and the rubber to all of the compliments.
and we let them bounce off of us and stick to the people around us so we could very clearly articulate how great this person was and that person was. But when it came to saying what was good about us, silence, no words, because we weren't empowered. So today, I wanna say to you, you're incredible. True humility is a right perspective of yourself. That doesn't mean you go around bragging. Bragging is a form of conceit. When you have to um, accentuate yourself to raise yourself above someone else and lord yourself over, it usually comes from a low self-esteem and it's a form of conceit. But here's the other side that we don't talk about very often. When you have to diminish yourself, reduce yourself, be self-defacing, that also is not being humble. That's actually a version of that same conceit, of that same low self-esteem showing up. And either one, saying those diminishing things about ourselves because that's how you're supposed to do it, or two, we've thought, felt, had said to us those things so much that now we believe it. Oh, I hope you don't really believe those messages. I know in the middle of the night when you're laying there, you have thoughts that grow through your head and you're your biggest critic and you say some of the meanest things about you I want to apologize to you for you for those times that you haven't told yourself how amazing you are. I want to apologize to you for all the people in your life that haven't taken time out today and all the other days to tell you you're so incredible. I don't think you see it, but I want you to. I wish I could hold up a mirror in front of you that reflected back to you the amazing real you. Not the you that when you look in the mirror, you say, oh man, my hair's a mess today. I wish my face looked different. Oh, I didn't put on makeup. Oh, I forgot to take a shower this morning. Or, oh man, you know, after that workout at the gym, I just really look a fright. We're such experts at talking negative about ourselves about accentuating the goodness in everybody else and diminishing all of our own talents. And so in my few minutes today with you, before we jump into our amazing guest, I want you to know you are so incredible. There is nobody on this planet like you. We're so blessed to have you here to have you around, to have you sharing those pieces of you that you're sharing and to do so even more so. You're growing, you're learning, you're going further and deeper every minute of every day. 
you're becoming a better and better and better and better version of yourself. It's exciting because you're so awesome. You are. Quit rejecting it. Stop putting it off and not accepting it. And let it in. You are incredible. Today, in this episode, we are going to empower you. You're going to come out of the other side of this episode as a powerful, more versatile, and well-balanced person than you were when you began to listen. You're going to get some skills that are going to help you with every day of your life so that you can, right where you are, show up as the best version of yourself and live as a thriving entrepreneur. We're gonna take a commercial break and then we will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to WeHelp youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back are you ready to jump in are you ready to learn the power of a powerful yes and a powerful no to learn how to be able to have boundaries not walls that keep people out but things that allow you to be empowered with every minute, every step of your life to be the best version of yourself, both for yourself and others in the world, so that the amazing you can really truly be in the world and serve the people that only you can serve. You ready for some skills for that? This is some awesome stuff. I am so excited to bring it to you today. Have you ever said to someone over my dead body, do you mean that's a solid boundary for me? Or is there some leeway in there for you? Well, today we want to talk about the art of saying no in a loving but powerful way. And to help us with that, we're joined by international best-selling author, Jen Gaudet. Hi, Jen. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for asking. And yourself? Doing good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what brought you to this point in your life. Oh, that's a wonderful question. Um, so I spent 19 years in sports medicine as a physical therapist and a human performance specialist working with elite athletes. 
And I got to kind of a crisis point in my career where I had all the success, you know, the things we're supposed to have, the money, the house, the pool, the friends, the social life, I worked with elite athletes, and I was miserable. And so I kind of realized I needed to make a change. Um, I almost lost my marriage, actually. And I decided to uh, search Google and found coaching, as in life coaching, and so that journey began in 2017, and that's what I do nowadays. I'm a transformational life coach, and I really practice um, boundaries, and my clients tend to be me from a couple years back, stuck in a career or even doing something they're passionate about and love, but they realize that their job is not giving back and that they're really empty inside or depleted, overwhelmed. So I have the honor, privilege, and pleasure of working with people on a daily basis, helping them to establish healthy boundaries so they can absolutely love every aspect of their life. So now you tell in the book the fun story that is the basis for the Over My Dead Body part of the title. Um, tell <laughs> us that story if you don't mind. Um, yeah, sure. So... Um, once upon a time, about almost 20 years ago now, I was married to my ex-husband. And uh, long story short, we had an episode of domestic violence. It was the first ever where it was physical. And the last, because the first thing I remember, um, once I have any recollection of that evening, was a police officer looking at me and saying, next time we'll be cleaning up your dead body. And so that stuck with me. That is the thing that is emblazoned in my mind. And for anyone who's listening, who's gone through any kind of um, abuse, emotional, physical, whatever, you know that it slowly erodes your confidence, it erodes everything about you, and pretty much you have no boundaries. Um, but those words that he spoke to me, they really rang out. And as a result, I ended up divorced, um, a single mom. And over my dead body became how I enforced boundaries. It was like a hard boundary. And I generally like really saw it as um, in protection. It was a protection mechanism. If something was happening to somebody I loved over my dead body, I was going to let it happen. So it really became a life or death or, or really safety terminology for me and over time evolved to what it is today. Now you flash forward to an incident where you're at a company meeting with your husband's company um, and some uh, interesting <laughs> boundary uh, evasion was happening. <laughs> Tell us that story too. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, that almost got me divorced after I started setting real boundaries. Um, so my husband was promoted, uh, my current husband. And so this is literally January 2018, so fairly recent. And so we are at this dinner where they're recognizing, you know, the accomplishments and they start speaking one of the executives starts speaking to us and a couple of the other attendees about how you need to put the company first and the company comes before everything else your family your friends your 
um, your health. And I was standing there and just trying to hold my tongue and almost wanting to like nudge my husband to say, hey, no, this is not okay. <laughs> um, and he didn't. And as the executive kept going on about all the demands and how he's supposed, we're supposed to put the company first and forget about everything else, uh, it came out of my mouth. I was like, over my dead body. <laughs> and you ever say something and want to just like suck it right back in your mouth? <laughs> that, that was kind of what I did. I was like, okay, can I just take this back? But of course, all eyes were on me. And um, my husband was absolutely unhappy. He was looking at me and um, we need to leave right away before uh, I blow a gasket. <laughs> um, so I realized that that might not be the healthiest way to exert my boundaries and, and uh, I actually exert his because he wasn't speaking up for himself. But it was that old protective mechanism like, no, his health is more important. His, his downtime is more important than any job because jobs are just a means to an end. Um, but I still hadn't quite refined the art of boundaries at that state, stage in the game. So let's, um, you know, I realized that I'm operating from the assumption that everybody knows what boundaries are, but just in case <laughs> somebody who is listening that doesn't even know what we're talking about, let's give them a basic definition of what, what good healthy boundaries are. Oh, that is a wonderful thing to do. So if you're listening and you're like, boundaries, what is this? Uh, my favorite analogy is a fence because we can all imagine a fence around our property. And that fence, in essence, is a boundary. It's a physical boundary that keeps everything we want in. So for example, our backyard is fenced in along our property line. And if we have a dog, then the dog can go roam in our, and he's enclosed in our property and it keeps anything we don't want out. So think about unwelcome visitors or um, anything from the outside of our property line cannot get through that fence. And so when we speak about boundaries and, and establishing healthy boundaries from ourselves, it looks like physical boundaries with relationships to our time. For example, I go to work from eight to five and no, I'm not gonna work overtime because from 5 p.m. on, that's my time, my time with my family. Or it might be um, setting an emotional boundary as in, no, you do not have permission to speak to me in a demeaning way. Um, a lot of times with society today, we've become yes people. So a boundary might look like a time boundary saying, I would love to do this, but no, it doesn't meet my priorities. So I appreciate the invitation, but I'm going to say no to this. So exercising our no is setting a boundary. It's saying, what is it that we want to spend our time and our attention and our money and our resources on um, versus what don't we? Saying no really is an art form. You know, it's something that uh, takes a little bit of grace to do it. So um, let's talk about some of the different ways that we say no. Let's start off with one of your fun concepts, and that's the concept of a permission slip. I'm sorry, I just missed that. It went robot voice on me. Oh, weird. 
<laughs> yeah, I was saying, um, let's, uh, let's talk about a few examples of the art of saying no. Um, let's start off with the concept of a permission slip. Oh, fantastic. So um, the art of saying no, we can always just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but it really comes down to saying no with grace from a place of love and service and professionalism. The concept of the permission slip is, uh, is really interesting. If, if you can recall being a school-aged child, at one point in time, especially in elementary school, sometimes there's a hall pass so that you can go to use the restroom, for example. So if any other teachers or the principal catches you in the hall when you're supposed to be in class, you have that permission slip from your teacher to be in the hall or to be moving about um, and not in that room. So that's kind of where the idea of permission slips come from. And we can use those permission slips in our day. So I'll use a personal example. Um, I would, I know that many people can relate to this. There are sometimes people in our lives who are just not very happy in and of themselves and the way they feel better about themselves is to put you down. Um, and so what that might look like is saying, I'm gonna take my permission slip away from you um, for talking to me in a way that is demeaning or I'm no longer gonna allow your words to carry any weight or meaning on me. I'm not gonna make your words, allow your words to impact my self-worth, for example. Um, other things that it might look like uh, when your boss comes in and is yelling at you, that's never okay. Yelling or, or any kind of act of aggression like that, it's just not okay in today's work environment. So it might be, I'm revoking your permission slip for yelling at me you may not yell at me. That's an inappropriate form of communication. And I don't give you permission to treat me in that fashion. We can discuss this uh, as adults once you cool down. So it's, it's really an interesting concept. And it's one that I've used quite a lot in my coaching practice. And it's, it's definitely a practice. It, it takes practice to say no in a way um, that that looks like that. It's not something we're accustomed to in today's yes society where we just want to please everyone. We just kind of sit back and take it, but it's, it's not okay. It's not okay to sit back and take any kind of verbal assaults from anyone. So how do we know how and when it's appropriate to set boundaries in our life? Well, I love that you asked that question. For, for myself and my clients, it's a matter of knowing what your priorities are. When, when we sit down and we think, what are the top five priorities in my life right now? And we just write them down real quickly. Then we kind of have a, a basis to start. And when we talk about our priorities in life, those change. Our life changes with time and our priorities change with time. So it's not like something that you can write down today and that is going to be set in stone for the rest of your life. That's just what is true for you right now until something changes. Um, for example, my top five priorities right now are my health, my husband, my family, especially my daughter and my adorable grandson, um, giving back and service, 
uh, to my community and making an impact through servant leadership. Those are, those are my top five. And so when, I, when we think about setting boundaries, um, my boundaries with my time, for example, are gonna look at that. When somebody comes to me with an invitation, say to go to uh, a networking event, I'm gonna look at it and go, do these meet any of my top priorities? If the answer is no, then that's a clear indication for me to say, you know, I really appreciate that invitation. Thank you for inviting me. I wish that I could go. Unfortunately, I have a conflict at that time. And then the really graceful way of saying no and setting that boundary includes, have you considered someone else? Maybe throw in someone who might really benefit from that event or really, really love to go to that event. Because adding that extra value takes the sting off. Most of us don't really like to hear no. And so we don't like to say no to someone else because we don't want them to feel like we're rejecting them when really all we're doing is saying yes to something that's more important to us. Um, and it really has no reflection on them. But by adding that extra value, it gives that little extra grace, like I'm considering you. And look, this person would be a great fit for that situation and I know they would love to attend and making that connection so you've even added value in your no. Um, other ways that we can know that we should probably set a boundary if you've ever been to an event a party a get-together or even a meeting and you're sitting in that situation wondering why the heck did I say yes to this this is a complete waste of my time or I'd much rather be somewhere else and maybe you're feeling a little bit of resentment for having said no, or a little bit of guilt that, why did you say no in the first place? I should have known better. Like if those shoulda, woulda, coulda's are coming up, that's usually, now it's a retroactive and a retrospective way of looking at it, but it's usually a clear indication that a boundary should have been set there and that answer should have been no, because if we are showing up from a space of I wish I was somewhere else, the energy that we're bringing to that, inter in that whole interaction everyone else feels that we want to be somewhere else. And if you've ever been on the receiving end of it, it's not very nice. <laughs> it really is one of those kind of things that you absolutely need to grasp a hold of. Are you beginning to get a clue? Are you beginning to see some insights into how you can powerfully say yes, but also, and I want you to hear it, powerfully say no. No can be a complete sentence. And I really want you to feel empowered by the end of this. We've got so much more great stuff here to come from Jen. And she's going to just really up-level us all as we continue on with this. We are going to take one more, our next commercial break. And then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because 
it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. I'm here today with Jen Glade, and she is sharing with us her powerful book, The Art of Saying No. So, so impactful. So much more really great stuff to come. So let's jump right back in. You know, some people are professional givers. I don't know what other way to put it. Um, And so saying no is nearly impossible for them. How do they learn how to be able to even begin valuing themselves enough to know that they're worth being able to say no to things? That is an amazing question. And I will preface this by saying that is a lot of people, especially in the healthcare and wellness industry. We go into that, and I can speak from experience because this is my story. You go into medicine, for example, because you want to help people. And so it almost seems counterintuitive. And what we begin to do is we begin to believe that the needs of other people are more important than our own needs. Um, so the key word there is feeling like we're good enough to set those boundaries or to take care of ourselves. Um, and the real answer is with most of my clients, it's a step-by-step process with myself too. It's a practice. We are in the practice of saying yes to everything and giving until we are depleted. When we start setting boundaries, we start just pressing pause maybe the first step when we have an invitation or when someone asks our help, instead of immediately jumping and saying yes, it might be, uh, let's press pause. You know what? I would love to help you and I um, will have to get back with you. Uh, I need to check my schedule to ensure that I have the time and availability so that I can actually show up and do this for you. And so by pressing pause, we're giving ourselves space. So maybe we can't quite make that no come out of our mouth yet, but at least we're giving us space to consider, is this something I really want to do? Once you're not directly in front of the individual asking something of you. Um, So that might be the first step. And then you slowly work your way up with the easy yeses. Um, For most people, the easy yeses, I'm not going to watch Netflix for six hours. I'm only going to watch it for five and a half and then 30 minutes. I'm going to use to do something for myself and just starting slowly over time, one thing at a time, week over week, stacking that habit of saying yes to you and setting boundaries becomes a habit that it just becomes a part of who you are, where you know, if you get an invitation or you get an ask for, for help or, you know, your neighbor wants help moving, you can say, I really would love to help you. However, I'm not going to be available at that time. Have you considered hiring a moving company? Here's a number that this is who I used. They're great. They do excellent work or whatever that may be. So it's just a step-by-step slow integration until all of a sudden, yes, becomes something of the past. Pressing pause and saying, thank you. I appreciate the invitation or I would love to help you. Here is what I can do and this is, this is what I have to offer instead becomes just a part of your vocabulary. Now, I've heard you say the phrase a lot, 
Um, and so I've been curious. So I'll ask. <laughs> um, you always <laughs> to say, I would love to, and then whatever the answer is. Do you always do that? Or do you ever just flat out tell people it's like, um, no, I don't have any interest in doing that. So it's really funny that you ask that. I, I don't like always and never because I don't believe that any of us ever fit into that. But generally speaking, I say, thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. Or I would, I would really like to be able to do this or be able to help you, however. But yes, absolutely. There are times when I just say, you know what? That's not something that's in alignment with me. And I, I'm not going to be able to do that at this time. Um, it's, really, it's really interesting because most of the time, the invitations I get these days are things that I really do wish I would be able to do. And the far and few between ones that I really don't want, it's become kind of easy to say, thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. I'm not available. Because really the fun part of learning healthy boundaries is learning that you don't need an excuse. Sometimes you can say no, and no is a complete sentence. Um, I just, uh, it is my preference to do it from a place of gratitude for the invitation or the ask because they have you top of mind, whether or not we're interested. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you being that kind of a person too, you know, because a lot of people, I think one of their issues has to do with the defensiveness that they try to put on to try to create a boundary, right. you know what I mean? Right, and you know, I find that when people are take that defensive stance, a lot of times it's because they're really unsure of whether, whether they're confident in their no. Um, it's kind of like a mask they put on, right? The fake it till you make it, because somewhere deep inside, it might not feel good or right. Um, and at once upon a time, like two years ago, not so long ago, that was me too. I would get, like, I would try very hard not to get defensive when people would ask more of me after I'd given so much, but I was in a space of complete depletion. So, um, I, I think, I think the defensive mechanism is either they're not confident or they're just so overwhelmed or overworked that they can't summon the grace anymore. And the gift that I have to give people is to show them that they are worthy and that they can do it one step at a time. So what do you say to the person? Cause I know you've heard this <laughs> when they say to you, but Jen, you don't understand. I have all these things and I just can't say no to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I have to say to that person is that was me for probably 40 years of my life. <laughs> and I hear you. I hear that pain point. That is just a matter of conditioning. You have conditioned yourself to believe that you have to say yes to all of these things. And the reality is none of us want to know this or even want to hear this at some points in our life. The reason we keep saying yes is we're looking for external validation of our own worth. We say yes because we feel needed. And if we feel needed, it somehow makes it okay um, for us to be that depleted. But the reality is when you step back from that and you start to ask yourself, okay, well, I said yes and yes and yes, and I really don't want to do these things. When you actually start letting some of those things slip and some of those things go, and say no a few times, 
you start to realize how much better you feel when you allow those things to just not be a yes. When you allow yourself the time and the grace to say, no, this doesn't serve me. This doesn't serve anyone in that situation. If I show up, I'm showing up from a place of resentment and, um, really just open up that saying no is the most loving and serving thing you can do in those instances. Cause if you're, if you're just saying yes to everything, um, the reality is someone's getting the, the resentment out of you because you're hearing this and you're saying, you don't understand. Um, oh yes, I do. I lived it for many, many years. And the reality was I would be in places wishing I had said no and wondering why and resenting the person for even asking me because I didn't have the balls at the time to say no. <laughs> <laughs> so I promise, I promise you can find somewhere in your life, even if it's a simple, like if it's a silly thing, if it seems so silly to you to say, no, I'm not going to walk your dog tomorrow. <laughs> there is some place in your life that you can, you can start to prioritize yourself and your self-care and what's important to you. There are so many fun stories, both you outing yourself as well as client stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were to, uh, to pick your, this person had the worst boundaries in the world and, the, and had the greatest breakthrough, um, and I know that's not a fair question, but what, what person comes to your mind and can you tell us that story? So I would have to say it's someone who is very dear to my heart and she does appear in the book under a pseudonym. Uh, it's someone who I worked very closely with for many years in my prior career. And actually I'm happy to say she's actually one of my coaches. She's had the same journey. Um, but she was a yes person. Uh, she would work 60, 70 hours for a 40 hour a week paycheck um, because she believed it was just a part of the job and you just have to keep, keep blowing and going. And when she came to me from, for coaching, she was in such a state. Her health was not great. She wasn't taking care of herself. She didn't have a great marriage. Her, she felt like she never got to see her son. Um, and the beautiful thing was we started, we started with what are her priorities and her priorities were, um, her faith, uh, her family, her immediate family, her husband and her son, her health. And when she said her when she said her priorities, her job didn't even come into the top five. Yet she was devoting seventy plus hours a week to it, and so it was kind of a, a wake call just to set priorities and to look at the calendar and realize that she no longer was going to church, which was important to her. She no longer was spending any time with her son, which was important to her. So all and her health was was not a priority. So as she slowly picked one thing at a time, and we started so simple. We started with, I want you to leave work by 6 p.m. once a week to have family dinner with your son. That one simple step, two weeks later when we reconnected, was so pivotal for her. It opened up the world. And, and it was easy for her to say yes to her son because I believe he was 10 at the time. And he needed her and she was like, she was who she, who he had to look towards and she wasn't showing up in what was her most important role. 
And when she took that time and she said, no, I can't work past 6 p.m. because um, I need to spend the time with my son, it, it unlocked the power of her no. And after that, it just became a snowball. She started actually taking lunch breaks. And imagine that. She ended up losing 10 pounds over the course of, I want to say maybe six months. It was a very healthy uh, trajectory of weight loss for her. And she had more energy. And then she realized she was actually more efficient at work and could work even less. So it's kind of like what counterintuitive, but she realized by decreasing her hours at work, she was getting more done and she was happier. And after about six months of working with me, she decided that she wanted to be a coach. And she wa it was because of the work around boundaries. And it stands out in my heart so strongly because she's now, she's now a member of my team. And just to see the complete transformation, like she glows from the inside out because she honors her health and her family and she has time for her spirituality and she's still working. <laughs> so um, it's, just, it's just kind of a beautiful transformation to being miserable in a life, to loving every aspect of your life, even when you're still working. Because some people think it's either or and, and, and you have to give up everything. But the reality is it's a yes and. You get to do all the things you want to do and enjoy it. And people really do need to get the book Over My Dead Body, The Art of Saying No by Jen Gaudette. Um, you know, let's be good teachers for people, Jen. Let's uh, give them something that right at the end of listening to this, they could take action on immediately. What's What's a first step that somebody who is boundaryless could do right now today? I would encourage you to write down what are your top five priorities in life today, right now. If you're listening to this, write down what are the five most important things to you right now in your life. There are no wrong answers. And then immediately go to your calendar and look at the next five days and circle one thing that is not in alignment with your top five priorities in life, circle it and cancel it in the next 24 hours. Free up that 30 minutes, hour, whatever length of time, cancel that one thing in your calendar that's out of alignment with your priorities and instead take that time to fill your cup. Do something that is in alignment with your priorities. And it may just be take that space for you and breathe and, and ask yourself, what else? What else am I doing? And where else am I saying yes, where I really, really want to be saying no? Um, but that's the best first step because it's, it's the needle mover. Once you take an action, the first time you say no and you honor it and you set that boundary, that's the hardest one. After that, it becomes a little easier each time. And it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be really uncomfortable to pick up the phone and say, you know, I told you I would do this, but I'm looking at it and I really don't have the ability to do this on this day. It's going to be uncomfortable until you become practiced and it just becomes a part of who you are. And pretty soon you don't say yes to that anymore anyway. So you don't have to pick up the phone again. Hmm. I know a lot of people that just being able to say no to something small would change their entire world. It absolutely does. I mean, 
let's get real. That's the, that's the whole reason I wrote this book. It's because I've been doing this workshop for a year and a half. I've seen so many amazing results and so many people are like, when is your book coming out? <laughs> it's, it's really about giving the gift of boundaries to a wider audience. So if you're listening, I encourage you to pick this up because the book literally is a step-by-step -step guide. It will take you from small step to small step until you feel like you can actually start to say no from a place of grace and start loving and living your life. So Jen, there are some people that are gonna need a little more help than the book. They do need to get the book. But for those that wanna go deeper with you, um, how can they reach out to you and go deeper with you? So that's a fantastic question. The easiest way to get me is visiting my website. It's jengodecoaching.com, J-E-N-G-A-U-D-E-T-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. That's jengodecoaching.com. And you can book a consultation or you can ask for more information and it will reach out to me and, and or my team, um, depending on where you click on the website. Um, and of course, if you've got the book, the, the last call to action has a link that brings you straight to my website. If you are ready to take it up a notch or you're ready to press go on really making a transformation in your life and starting to live the life that you want through setting healthy boundaries, um, it has a link that you can book a consultation right then and there. Um, that's the absolute best way to know if it's right for you. The book is called Over My Dead Body. The Art of Saying No, A Step-by-Step -step Journey Towards Boundaries That Stick by Jen Godet. Jen, I appreciate so much you taking the time being on the show with us here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. How empowered do you feel now? I don't know about you, but just even re-listening to the recording, I mean, I was blessed to be part of the process of Jen pouring all the information out to you into the world. Um, but even still, listening to it again, there are so many powerful nuggets in here. Um, you probably really do need to go back and listen again again. Get Jen's book. Really dive into the art of saying no. Learn how to be an artful master at saying yes powerfully, but also sometimes just simply saying, you know what? No, I appreciate the offer but that's not something that I have the ability or the interest to do right now. And it would be okay to just simply say no. Well, I don't know about you, but that feels empowering just to be able to even speak it out loud here on the show. We're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. 
Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening today to Thriving Entrepreneur. I always feel like at the end of each episode, like I should just be saying, what did you learn, Dorothy? (laughs) It's really true. You know, there are so many powerful nuggets in this one. And as I said just before the break, um, you know, it probably would be a good idea to go back and listen to all of the things that Jen shared. And again, thank you, Jen, so much. Thank you for your book. Thank you that you put it out into the world for trusting in in us to be able to help bring that amazing tool out to people and of course making it a powerful international best-selling book. You know, here's the thing. I told you at the beginning of the episode, I took extra special time today because I really knew that in order for you to be able to take in all of this incredible stuff that Jen taught us, that the first thing you needed to do is feel worthy. I hope now, I hope now you you sit up a little straighter. You maybe have a smile on your face. The first thought that grows through your mind is something positive about you, something good that you did. Because you really are amazing. You really have done incredible things in this world. And I hope that today, for the rest of the day, you can celebrate you. We'll let tomorrow take care of itself. And we know that yesterday we can't do anything about anyway. But today, today we can show up powerfully. Maybe you said yes, 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 yes to every single person in your life always up until this moment. And I'm not saying that instantaneously, you now miraculously will never say yes to things that you meant to say no to. But maybe you can take just a little baby step and you can even just go so far. I love how Jen suggested it. Just to be able to say, let me get back to you on that. So that even if you aren't empowered enough quite yet, and you're going to get there, but even if you're not there, even if you can just empower yourself to take a couple of breaths, heck, maybe even a couple of days, and then get back to the person rather than just immediately saying yes to everything. You know that old saying, when you point the finger at somebody, you got four pointing back at you. Yes, all four of them. Uh, You know, probably the other five from the other hand, too, are all pointing back at me. I know that that's one of the things that I struggle with. And I appreciate all of the things that Jen shared. She's helped up-level me, too. And I really hope that you will feel empowered to just be the best you you can be. Really, at the end, that's all you need to do. It's not about living up to somebody else's standard. It's just simply to admire yourself, share yourself, and be the best you you can be. You see, here's the one thing I know for sure. 
and that's that you are uniquely brilliant. What do I mean by that? I mean that there has never been, nor will they ever be, a person exactly like you. Not even if you're a twin. Not even if you're a quadruplet. You're unique. And in that uniqueness, there are things that are inside of you that are meant to be shared with the world, that are brilliant. Don't discount them. Don't say, oh, it's no big deal, everybody can do that. Because number one, everybody can't do that. And number two, those things, as easy as they might be for you, somebody else is looking right now for the answer of how to be able to do that. And guess what? In your uniqueness, you can brilliantly share with them how to do it. You were created for a purpose. You're not an accident. There's none of us are on the planet because we need to keep the balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide going. You have a purpose, very specifically. And what I know is that the world needs you. We need the people around you too, but we need you. Your amazingness to come shining through and share yourself with the world. I'm committed to coming and sharing the best of me with you guys all the time here on the internet. And I want you to take up the charge with me that we're not going to diminish ourselves, not even to be intending to be respectful, but we're simply going to share ourselves and all that we are with the world. Is that a deal? If all of us just simply do that thing that we can do, the world will be an amazing place. You do have a book in you. You do have a message to share with the world. And Kathy and I would be honored to be part of bringing your powerful, amazing message into the world and making it a bestseller. We want to do that so that you can live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Are you ready for it? I hope so. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. 
Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.